0: This season of Beyond the Drink is brought to you by our friends at One Hope Wine. One Hope is a Napa Valley winery built on hope and rooted in purpose. Every bottle of their award winning wine supports a meaningful cause. One Hope has donated over $8 million to causes around the world. To learn more about One Hope Wine, the winery, and to join their wine club, go to onehopewine.com. Follow them on Instagram at One Hope and on Facebook at One Hope Wine. One Hope, we thank you. Hey everyone, I'm Cappy and you're listening to Beyond the Dream, a production of Beyond the Plate. In this season, we sit down with head winemaker of One Hope Wine, Mari Wells-Coyle, as she guides us through some unexpected wine pairings. We're not talking about red wine with steak and white wine with fish. She'll be sharing the right glass, or bottle, to go with some everyday snacks you might have right at home in your own pantry. We'll be asking our guests from this season of Beyond the Plate what their favorite snacks are, and then we'll put Mari to the test. We're going to have some fun with this series, so sit back, Relax, grab your favorite snack, and please don't forget the wine opener. Hi, Mari.
1: Hi, Cappy. How are you? Happy summer.
0: Happy summer. How's Napa? How's the vineyard, the tasting room, besides being written up all over the place for the most beautiful tasting room in Napa?
1: It's still beautiful, and we are heating up to temperatures that are getting our grapevines ready and rolling. Just hit fruit set, so... It's an exciting time here. The countdown's on to harvest.
0: I love it. When's harvest? Remind me.
1: We will be harvesting Sauvignon Blanc in August.
0: That is exciting. All right, let's bring everyone up to speed on our little Beyond the Drink series. If you listen regularly, you know this. If not, each week, we're asking a chef in our Beyond the Plate episode what their go-to snack is. And then the following week, Mari is pairing that snack with a delicious... One Hope Wine. So in the past weeks, we've had everything from chips to dried fruit with chili lime powder to nuts to an Indian spice trail mix to, of course, one of Mari's favorites, flavored popcorns. And so here, this one for last week's Beyond the Plate, we had Chef Kristen Kish. So Kristen Kish, for those of you who may not have listened to that episode yet, she was a winner of Bravo's Top Chef Season 10. And by the way, today you can watch her as Elton Brown's co-host on Netflix's new Iron Chef reboot, which is really exciting. She has a restaurant in Austin called Arlo Gray in the Line Hotel, and she's super philanthropic, which we all love, supporting many different causes and organizations ranging from out youth, to the alley Forney Center, various AAPI initiatives, and one of our, many of our guests' favorite, World Central Kitchen. So when we asked Chef Kristen Kish about her go-to snack, she actually said chips as well, which we've gotten that answer before. Not that we don't love chips, but we've hit upon it. So we kind of took it one step further since it's summer and it's grilling season. And I asked what she put on a roll or a bun, and listen to what she had to say. All right, summer grilling season coming up. Any favorite things to put in a bun, on a roll, or the like? It has nothing to do with grilling, but ice cream in a sweet brioche bun. I just did that. I saw that. Oh, so good, so good. Wow, I did not see that coming. I don't know if you did. Ice cream in a brioche bun. Can we go that route, Mari?
1: I love this challenge. We're looking it right in the eye and headed toward summer. This is a thrilling combination because I can see myself doing this now at home, adding to my whole grilling repertoire is, you know, serving this up. I love ice cream and ice cream flavors, and I love pairing wine with ice cream and desserts. So I think this is a really exciting one to take on.
0: Let's do it. Wait, we were talking before I hit record about your little ice cream challenge that you're doing for yourself. So why don't we make us hungry? What are you up to?
1: So this summer, I am deciding to really celebrate summer with my family by contributing one ice cream flavor per week. So it's something that really celebrates summer for me, gets me back in the kitchen, something my family loves. And I love how creative you can get with ice cream. I mean, everything from green tea ice cream to hibiscus to lavender, cardamom, you name it. I love all those flavors.
0: Wait, are you going to be making these at home? Oh, yeah. Oh, I should have known, of course miss cook herself in my mind i'm like oh she's going to be ordering like from this place one week and this place one week but of course you're making it
1: that's hilarious yes no i'm getting out my ice cream maker once again adding the espresso ice cream to the lineup so many great flavors and all the fresh fruit of the season i can't wait
0: oh my gosh i love it okay let's dive in brioche bun ice cream kind of like an italian ice cream sandwich if you will yeah.
1: Yeah. I think this sounds amazing. I mean, those sweet brioche buns are incredible and can have this amazing flavor. What goes right to my head is right now a strawberry ice cream and really, yeah, sandwiching that in the bun and serving it with Pinot Noir. It's perfect for this first hit of summer. Pinot Noir is obviously so versatile paired with strawberries, you get a lot of the cinnamon spice that comes from the grape itself and also the barrel aging program. And it is an exceptional pairing. I think that, you know, a lot of times we don't think about pairing wine with dessert. People ask like, would you actually be drinking wine with dessert? But in my house, yeah, you're drinking wine all evening long. You know, you're just getting things started at sunset. And that's probably when I'd be serving this on my deck.
0: I love that you say that. I actually remember working at a restaurant in Miami, and I loved the one of the owners of this restaurant. He was a super smart restaurateur, and you know you get to dessert, and a lot of times the server won't ask you if you want something else because it's done, or a lot of people may or may not be off put by a dessert wine, or may not have had a great dessert wine, and this. Guy I worked for used to always say, offer the guest a half glass, you know, with their dessert. Like maybe the wine they're drinking still goes with that apple tart de ten they're ordering, or the chocolate Udino, or whatever it may be.
1: Yes. I love that. That's what you need. You need a half glass just to enjoy, savor, continue into a whole different flavor. I think this is a really fun idea, the ice cream in the brioche bun, because You can mix it up and add new flavors, pairing with Pinot Noir. Of course, strawberry goes really well, rhubarb. You could add really any pomegranate. You could even do a mint. A lot of people love mint ice cream. Fresh mint ice cream would be delicious. Mint, chocolate, cherry, all those ice cream flavors would pair perfectly with Pinot Noir.
0: I got one for you and shout out to my friends, Michelle and Adam Boxer. We were in Tuscany one time and everybody was ordering the gelato from this little gelateria. But Adam went ahead and ordered the gelato on the brioche roll, the brioche bun. And it was a fig flavored gelato that he did. So there's a little bit of inspiration for your ice cream weeks, Mari.
1: Oh, yes. Fig is one of my favorites. And I know what wine I would pair with that I would look for. Speaking of Italian, I would look for a Vermentino to pair
0: with Mm. my fig. Wait, my gosh, this episode is going to go long. I want a little like background on Pinot Noir as it relates to One Hope's Pinot Noir. Like what makes One Hope's Pinot Noir special? What makes Pinot Noir special to Napa Valley? And then let's get back to that wine that you had just suggested because I'm curious.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Pinot Noir for us is, you know, one of our best sellers. It has historically been a wine that celebrated uh, Pinot for Paws, where we were helping fund pet adoptions through our Pinot Noir. And in fact, we had funded over 70,000 different Forever homes for pets, which was amazing. Now, of course, our customers can give 10% back to the cause of their choice with any of our wines. But Pinot Noir is really special to One Hope. It's added in our portfolio, wide range. Everything from California Pinot Noir, that's excellent. Monterey, Russian River, we've got so much selection. And we also have Carneros Pinot Noir in the portfolio. So it is a special grape for me. It's one of the first grapes that I worked with when I was first discovering winemaking. And it's oftentimes considered the most challenging grape in the winemaking process because it's delicate and finicky and all these really interesting descriptors challenge winemakers. And that's why I love it. It's a challenge and just like this pairing is. And when done right, it's just exceptional texture and aromatic content range from earthy to spicy all the way into just beautiful, lush, ripe fruit.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think with a lot of like specific wines or grapes for the everyday wine drinker, you may think a certain wine is always a lighter wine or always a more full-bodied or heavier wine. Is Pinot, I think people may consider it one way or the other, but does it really range? Like, can you get a really light-bodied Pinot and a really full-bodied Pinot?
1: Absolutely. Depending on where the Pinot Noir is grown, of course, the winemaking techniques that are used, you you can have Pinot Noirs that drink almost like a Syrah at times, you know, really depends on the oak aging regime as well as the fruit source. And anytime you have a really big, robust wine with a lot of tannin structure. It's definitely the origin of where the grapes are from, but also how much oak can really stand up to that fruit. So intensity is a big factor in those wines. And then, you know, respecting and honoring the terroir of the Central Coast, there's a lot of wines that have a lot of range that are a little lighter on their feet, but absolutely exceptional in terms of depth and what they can you know be celebrated by in their range of uh, texture.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Okay, what was that wine you were talking about with the fig, Vermentino?
1: Vermentino is a wine that is from Italy. It also transcends across the border into France known as Ol, or you spell it roll, but it's actually pronounced Ol. So that is a really special grape and It's just, it has a lot of white fig characteristic. It has a lot of like brininess and salinity to it, but a lot of really great skin flavors. And so I would definitely match that with a fig ice cream.
0: Very cool. And one more question before I let you go, I'm curious about, Temperatures. I don't know if we hit upon this earlier in the season or not. I don't think we did. Temperatures of reds versus whites. And I could stop there with my question, but I'm going to go one step further. I think, you know, I was having a discussion about coffee recently, and there's all these ratios of coffee beans to water. And at the end of the day, I was talking to this incredible coffee roaster in Philadelphia, and he's like, look, start here and then adjust it to your preference, you know? So, is, is that similar in the case of temperature or wine? Like, does the temperature help bring out, you know, aroma, flavor, all that good stuff? Or is there an ideal temperature?
1: Absolutely. I think some of it is time of day vibe. You know, what are you looking for with white wines? I mean, I typically will open a bottle of white wine oftentimes in my house at room temperature. I taste all of my white wines at room temperature for technical tastings. And then there are wines where, okay, you really want something refreshing. You put a chill on it. and But I never serve my white wines super cold. I always serve them closer to room temperature. That's just my preference because I feel like I can get more aromatically out of the wine at room temperature. and, And I just enjoy those a little bit of a chill. And then with red wines, you can definitely overheat red wines and white wines. And what that kind of does really is takes the fruit out of the context and elevates some of the alcohol. So that it's not quite as imbalanced. When in doubt, I think with any wines, you know, you want them colder than warmer, but I think that it's perfectly acceptable to drink white wine at room temperature, or close to room temperature as well.
0: Is there any, if anyone has one of those smaller or bigger wine coolers or fridges at their home, is there like a range you may share with one versus the other or Generally speaking,
1: yeah. Generally speaking, you know, we like to serve the whites. It, you know, keeping in mind how long is that bottle going to be out on a table by the time you serve the next glass. If you're not putting it back in your fridge, or you putting it in an ice bucket to keep it at that temperature. And as the temperatures rise this summer, you definitely want to keep a little chill so you keep the wine from getting too warm. But I, you know, recommend anywhere from 45 to 55 on whites. And with Reds, I really like them at cellar temperatures. So that's anywhere from 55 really to 55 to 60. 58 is kind of the sweet spot for us on Reds. And that really allows you to take it out, open it up and it can get to a closer to room temperature as you serve it. So that's what we do here in Napa.
0: I'm literally taking notes like on a separate piece of paper for myself. And when we're done, I'm gonna go adjust my little wine fridge I have, if it is off, but hopefully it's not off.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Mari, this was great, appreciate it. We have how many, a few more of these left of this season. I'm um, Looking forward to them all. We have some incredible chefs and some great snacks. And, and snack and wine pairings coming everyone's way. So thank you again. And thanks to One Hope for helping make this season of Beyond the Drink possible.
1: Thank you, Cappy. Yeah.
0: Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. If you're interested in the wine Mari talked about in this episode, check out the episode notes in your podcast player or go to beyondtheplatepodcast.com and we'll link you to it. Find me and keep up to date with this podcast across all social media platforms at On Cappy's Plate or go to beyondtheplatepodcast.com. Beyond the Plate is also on social at BT Play Podcast. This episode was produced by myself, along with Ian Cohen, Joe Yetten, and Sean Petrosian. Our digital media producer is Sarah McClellan-Me. Our music has been composed by Goldfort. I'm Penn and I, Goldfort. As always, a special shout out to my wife, Katie. If you have a moment, you'd love and appreciate it if you could rate or review and subscribe to this podcast on your listening site of choice. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Drink, a production of Beyond the Plate. I'm Kathy.